What up everyone, this is your host Joel Sid and today we'll be interviewing Crystal Rose. Crystal Rose is the CEO and founder of a company called SenseChat. SenseChat is a blockchain based company that focuses on users privacy and how you can send cryptocurrency from one person to another person. So it's really cool technology, amazing platform without wasting any time, let's do this. So welcome everyone. I am talking to Crystal Rose. She's the CEO of company SenseChat. And Crystal, tell us about what is SenseChat and what does it mean make sense? Because I love that whole thing, makesense.com. And I love the movement. So tell us more about your journey, where you guys are right now, and what's the platform all about? Absolutely. So uh, SenseChat is decentralized messaging. It's really, really basic. It's peer-to-peer messaging. So what we think is nonsense is having a third party controlling your mm-hmm. connection to someone else, spying on your data, uh, storing your data, having um, you know that center intermediary. And what we think makes sense is having a true peer-to-peer connection. And so you know, really what we're working on doing is um, the same thing that Bitcoin did for digital money. Turning it into a cash transaction, peer-to-peer transaction, we want to do the same thing for your text messages. Turn your messaging into a real conversation, like we're having, you know, now. I mean, this is recorded, but uh, <laughs> if we were, you know, sitting sitting in person, one-on-one, there's no one listening and no one spying and no one storing anything. So we we just believe that peer-to-peer messaging makes more sense. Totally makes sense, and. Why decentralized? Like, how how does it work? So nobody's storing this information. So let's say if you and I were to have this video chat on SenseChat, right? Where exactly that data is going? So, so the the core thing is that everything happens on your local device. The reason okay. decentralization is really about utilization of the nodes on a blockchain network mm-hmm. um, to facilitate connection. So we're using the EOS blockchain. And we use accounts so that uh, the accounts are like your wallet address. Basically, we don't need to know the person's email, phone number, which means we don't need to store it. So the other thing is in order to create a connection on any messenger, usually you have to have your contact list. You have to have those things stored. And then all of the messages are stored on another server. For video chat especially, there's no reason to store it at all. It needs to be ephemeral. It's you know, there's there's no reason, even if it's encrypted, yeah. to have it stored because then later on it could be analyzed. Mm-hmm. Someone has the encryption keys as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while encryption is great during transmission, we we really don't need to store data that's encrypted either. Kind of like Telegram, um, you know, secret chats on Telegram are encrypted. Um, I think you know WhatsApp removed their encryption policy a while ago, which is why their CEO <laughs> left Facebook. But even if you're encrypted, you still have to have keys. And if those yeah. keys belong to the platform, mm-hmm. the platform could get subpoenaed by the government. I mean, there's a million ways in which that data could still be breached. So the, the idea is just really simply, let's have ephemeral conversations. And inside of that chat stream, we let you uh, transact crypto as well. So we have our coin sense and then we have EOS so that you can send a crypto transaction. Interesting. So sense is more of a utility token, I'm guessing, right? 
It is. Uh, okay. We originally had a product that was centralized messaging, and it was a chatbot network, the largest chatbot network with text messages as well. Uh, you could talk interoperably between Facebook, Skype, Slack, um, you know, all of the different services. So if you were on Telegram and I were on Facebook, we could mm-hmm. chat interoperably without knowing the other person's platform. And that was our product, Sensei. Sensei, Sensei had yeah. called Sensei Coins. And we had about 20 million of them when we decided to start building uh, a decentralized version and start building a cryptocurrency around that. So we made Sensei Coins into Sense. We had about 30 million. We did the transition. And so today the token is used primarily to facilitate the chat. So um, the big idea really is if everyone was a node on the network, like if you think about, are you familiar with mesh networking? Yeah, I am. Yeah. A lot of the chat. I'm a blockchain nerd. So like you can go. Yeah. So you know, like the chats that have come out that rely on mesh, they uh, they use proximity, like they use a Bluetooth connection. So um, let's say you know you want to mesh network, you don't have to have data like FireChat. The only problem with that is that it it extends only so far. And the cool thing about the blockchain is you have nodes that are literally global, literally mm-hmm. literally everywhere. This is why we like EOS because there's a node in every single place. And then if we light up a different node, your phone, we have nodes everywhere. So now potentially we can run this network without having to worry about, uh, you know, anything in between. It's just the users that are running it. So eventually if we could mine the token just by virtue of of chatting, that makes it an an extra utility. Interesting. So people who don't know, you initially started out with ERC20 token, which is on Ethereum protocol and now your team has transitioned the overall token structure to eos 21 on eos so why did that transition took place and help us understand like just people who don't know the difference between eos and ethereum why adapt would move to eos if they are on ethereum most people are familiar with ethereum being the main uh, blockchain that everyone raised an ICO on. Uh, <laughs> it was because it's, you know, Ethereum, well, Ethereum itself was an ICO. You know, yeah. it was a $19 million ICO yes. in 2015. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the moment that, that smart contracts or logic became part of the blockchain, different new tokens were spun out. The, the most famous uh, second or, you know, there were several, but the most famous mm-hmm. ICO next after that, that most people recognize before Ethereum actually is the DAO. Mm-hmm. And the DAO is that $168 million mm-hmm. massive ICO. And it, it taught us a lot of lessons. Um, I think that was the pivotal moment when people started realizing you can create a token, you can do this offering. It's a really great mechanism for crowdfunding, essentially. And so all of a sudden, we saw all these different tokens <laughs> popping up and, and thousands of them. Yeah. But what was not anticipated, I think, was that during this process, um, you know, I know Vitalik and, and uh, the team did outwardly say they were going to launch an update, launch Casper. But yeah. um, what has happened is Ethereum remained on proof of work, meaning it remained really slow. And so the application software is really difficult to get to scale. Um, yep. If you want fast transactions, mm-hmm. if you want no fees, yep. that's the other big problem, gas. So I think we all saw the network's uh, instability when CryptoKitties had a peak. <laughs> yes. Because CryptoKitties, they, they kind of choked <laughs> the network. 
you know, that, that was, um, and that was at a time when even, you know, this is just last year. This is when, when people would say, you know, Hey, as a disclaimer on their website, if you're trying to buy into our ICO, CryptoKitties is currently really active, you know, it might take 24 hours. And that's a big deal because if, if, if you're sending $10,000, you want that transaction to settle really fast. Absolutely. So now you're yeah. paying a lot more gas, which means everybody else's transactions get deprioritized, de- which means, you know, it's just this compounding effect. Now I, I love Ethereum for everything it's done for the ecosystem. I think it's, still by far one of the most successful chains. Um, but there definitely needs to be a move from the work into another model. And so we decided because we're, we did build a product on Ethereum called crypto DM okay. and that's a crypto direct message. And basically you just pay crypto to get to the top of somebody's inbox and in telegram. Cause like all the crypto <laughs> people are on telegram and it's like yeah. really bulky. We've got a lot of stuff going on. So we were like, hey, let's just throw you know crypto straight into into this messenger. We already know how to build interoperable messengers, um, and we threw Sense Token in there too. And then we also built it with EOS. So we use Scatter. So we have MetaMask on Ethereum. We use Scatter on EOS, okay. Okay. and we realized you know it's it's a great it's a great ability to be able to send a memo or be able to send something with no fees at all. Was that the initial plan when you guys started your Sense Chat? to transition to EOS or that's something that just transpired as you saw some of the limitations of Ethereum? We really, we really wanted to just fundamentally connect people together is, is one of our core goals. Um, If you read the original white paper though, we actually, we changed our model pretty heavily. So we thought that the primary important thing was, um, was the user's data and we saw the biggest value being in data. So the original white paper for Sensei talks about chat, but inside of that chat, we, we were reading and scanning and understanding the data. And we thought, what if we just let the user take their data? So for instance, uh, Facebook messenger, right? Takes all of your data, scans it with AI and it helps them retarget you for ads on, on Facebook. They make so much money and users really don't get anything. Tons. The users get nothing. And, and, and you're not really getting a huge benefit from that. Um, but you should be really aware that your private messages are getting Agreed. scanned. Yeah. Same thing with, with WhatsApp. And you'll get retargeted for um, an ad on Instagram if you've had a conversation on Facebook. Yeah. So we started to realize that there's so much money. Everybody knows this. There's so much money in data. And there's so much money because the advertisers pay it. But what we thought was not good was that there's a publisher in the middle taking all of that money and that the user doesn't get any of it. So the advertiser pays the publisher, publisher displays the ads, publisher is the data broker. Basically, they exploit your privacy for money. And so we were like, well, what if, uh, what if we could just connect the two parties? So like the cool thing about peer-to-peer is it's like advertiser, you know, user connect. So we tried that. So Nike was one of our first tests with the original Sense token. We really had to struggle with building out application software that was functional for all the reasons we just talked about with Ethereum. Uh, but the, the goal, we started it with Reddit um, and GitHub. So if you look at the, the app, they're still there on app.makesense.com. Um, there, you can basically log into GitHub. It looks at all your data. It gives you a score. And it then relays that to whoever wants to buy your data. And so we wanted to give you the, the control of, you know, can I sell my data to an advertiser directly? We learned a really, really valuable lesson, which is 
um, kind of like earn.com does this. If you want to open an email, you get a dollar, like do something like join the telegram group, you get a dollar of crypto. People really don't like to have conversations with advertisers for a dollar. They think their data is more valuable. And, um, you know, we learned that instead of a hundred bucks, like a month on Facebook, which is what people think they should be earning, it's more like $4 or to $12 if you're very active. So it's not a lot of money and it's not really worth us uh, taking all that in and understanding everything about your private life just so that you can earn a couple of dollars. So in the end, we were like, well, what if there was a messenger with no data? Because everybody's trying to get secure and encrypted. You know, we're on on Signal, which I actually think is a great platform, and that's it's you know, open source, and nobody's profiting yeah. off that. Yeah, yeah. So, but but there's still data, and we're like, what if there was just no data? Let's just remove the data. Let's <laughs> let's go the opposite direction. So there's yeah. a, there's been a huge pivot. We did try a lot of different things. We hit limitations with applications, but once we once we hit on the big idea, which I think is the direct messenger, just basic, simple, peer-to-peer messaging with a wallet, then we realized we needed scalable free software because there's no way that we can cover the cost of transactions on a network. Um, And that's when we discovered that EOS would be the right way to go. And and now our app is in test flight, test net, and ready to go. Nice. What we've done is uh, we have referral links, and and I'm super Mm -hmm. happy. Anybody that's in the space that wants to deeply participate and give us feedback, I'm really happy to get them on board early as well. But for the for that list, for the first uh, for the two thousand people that referred the most people, they're going to get a thousand tokens uh, just for giving us the the referrals, and then also for giving us feedback. So you just have to provide a little feedback, and then we're awesome. giving some of the sense tokens. That's really cool. So just to understand this, like it's basically you are creating a solution that's not keeping users data you're not trying to profit off people's data you truly want people to have transparent com- communication with each other and nobody's really in between profiting off of information and data but how does blockchain apply to that? yeah so for us the, the the identity is the important part yeah. of this equation yeah we also wanted to figure out how do you create a user account without holding any of their information. I don't want to know their identity at all. Um, We don't want a relational database that sits there and holds their identity and ties you to these these conversations. So, you know, in a world especially where our phone numbers are the number one uh, most vulnerable thing that we have in terms of hacking, Mm -hmm. how do we get you into a messenger without using your phone number? And that's another really basic question, but it's something that no one's done. So the blockchain helps us to establish an account where you're, it's held in a distributed fashion. Like an EOS account is not held on our server. Yeah. It's held in the node network. Uh, we could do the same with Ethereum. It's just that we're, we don't want transaction fees right now, but it could, yeah. be, it could be any potential wallet. And, okay. and I think you know, eventually being blockchain agnostic is really important. Mm-hmm. But for now, the accounts on EOS are amazing because mm-hmm. um, they're you know, simple, human-readable, 12-character letter words. So you have actual account handles. Um, and then the way that the keys are managed is cool too, because you can actually have these, uh, these designated accounts, sub accounts that you turn on and off permission. So eventually as people start to understand more about the way EOS works, we liked that a lot because it's all in your control. 
Um, so that was the first step is, you know, how do we, how do we create a connection mm-hmm. where that nobody owns? Like we don't want anyone to own the contacts. It's basically decentralized contacts Absolutely. and the work the best for that. And then the second yeah. thing was, you know, what if we looked at conversation like a transaction? So, um, you know, in, in a buy sell sort of two sided marketplace where we can send each other today, crypto tomorrow, some digital assets. So let's say you have, you know, tickets from Ticketmaster that are on the blockchain, you want to send them in a chat. And just like Craigslist, you kind of want to be anonymous. You know, you're like, I'm just buying this thing. It's super transactional. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, connect cool. to the person. And so the blockchain's there for that too. And, and so we wanted to start with crypto. And I'm really excited if we have digital assets like CryptoKitties or something else <laughs> where you can literally in the chat streams just transact these things together. That would be super cool. It's interesting where the ecosystem is because what we're looking at is we need uh, we need something to build that interoperability and that's kind of our old game in the centralized messaging world and uh, we need we need that on the blockchain but I'm looking at projects like Polkadot mm-hmm. and other things that are doing interchain communication. Okay. I really do think that it would be something that everybody wants. Um, so some. Yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. we'll put a decentralized exchange on the back. Maybe is another option. We're looking at some DEXs. We're looking at DAX as well. Some digital That's asset really exchanges. Cool. We want to pull them in, and and we just want to be the the communication tool. We're excited yeah. about getting everybody connected, and with no other intentions. There's no bad intentions about monetizing on a person. Uh, so for that, you know, there's another paradigm shift, which is. You, we're spending money and re- resources on the network to facilitate this. So how about the user spends a little bit to facilitate it? So how, how much would a person spend to have a very private video chat? Maybe, okay. you know, in, in one cent or two cents or, you know, in cents. In cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's another thought is, and I think we're, we're seeing this with like IPFS storage. Mm-hmm. How much do you, do we actually have to pay to store things on the blockchain? Well, we don't store a single chat, nor we ever will on the blockchain. I think that's not where it needs to be. But the memos and things and the transactions are there um, naturally just as a part of the transaction. But the idea is, you know, the entire internet was built for free, but you know, these products actually do use resources. So what we want to do is be completely transparent. Here's how much RAM we're using. Here's how much the servers are costing. And if you can contribute a tiny bit into the network as you're using resources, we don't have to monetize your data because the whole thing is lifting up these very expensive infrastructure bills. That's why the original platforms were like, Oh man, let's use banner ads. (laughs) How do we pay for our servers? We want to do a free blog, but like, how do we pay for our servers? Banner ads, you know, and, and that's where it kind of all started. I like the monetization because that's the next thing I was about to ask. I was like, what's the business model, right? Because you're not monetizing off data. So I like that. So in essence, what people will be doing. So if I want to have a private conversation, I'll just pay for what I'm using. Or can I do a monthly plan? How would well, that go? For now, yeah, it's per it's per chat for now, and and okay. right now we're not charging. We're going to just run the network and you know gather all the data that we need about what the costs are associated, what's the average times, and kind of give people options. We have four different uh, models around around this, but they are actually more about neutralizing the network instead of profiting off of the network. Mm-hmm. So if the if the person could let's say you keep your chat running and you're running a node on the network. And so you're earning cents because you're running a node. Um, and then you decide that you want to have a private, you know, video chat 
and then you pay a little bit of cents. These are all very tiny microtransactions, mm-hmm. but because they're going back and forth, hopefully just like steam it, we can create a really, a really good ecosystem where um, like you don't lose out, you know, economically. But if mm-hmm. you choose, you would rather only pay like, you know, on a lot of these massive networks, it's usually somewhere between two to 20% of the total network that will uplift everybody else. Agreed. So ideally people don't feel like they're spending Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are actually earning like a ton and we want that. We want people to be able to earn just by having a chat. Okay. How would that work? Explain how well, they earn like just by having a chat. That's what we're working out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can okay. buy some digital assets or have, you know, sell some, sell some crypto kitties, pimp out your crypto kitties. Um, <laughs> I think I think really if we can if we can uh, perfect the model around running nodes, we can let people effectively mine the token. And I use the word mining really loosely because I I don't want to associate it with like the old school like proof of work. Like, love Bitcoin, got my you know, but but also um, mining to me is more about just um, what work you put in to get out a resource, and that could be. That could be in any capacity, right? That could be in any any action on the network. So I think Steemit could be considered mining in a way by going around and, and commenting and Con- liking posts. Contributing, and, yeah. Right. So it's, it's basically like how can we create contributions and, and create a, a reward system for those contributions? So we're working on that. And this is, you know, it's... It's fun to be at the early stages of something. And it's also, to me, it's important to be really honest about where you are in the process because we have a huge roadmap and we have tons of aspirational ideas. But just like we found failures within the Ethereum ecosystem for ourselves, at least, you know, we, we might run into roadblocks. So what we're also excited about is just people who really want to jump in and participate and play and kind of get involved. No, I really like that, like how you guys are taking privacy to the next level. But at the same time, if we can build a business around it that's ethical and that's socially transparent, why not? That's exactly it. And it's it's not about being extractive. I think you can have a healthy, thriving business without having to exploit whatever Absolutely. resources you have for maximum profit. So that you know, the broken part of the existing business models today are the extremes of profit. And this is where the value chain breaks down. And this goes to everything, even clothing, you know, any, any, and that's a really, actually, that's an easiest example because you have, you have sweatshops, right. And you have at the bottom of the value chain, you have the people who are making the product losing out the most yeah. um, because there's such a big spread in the profit. And, and that's really unfair. So for me, like fair trade and supply chain is a really important, a really important thing. Those are the companies that personally I like to back. Um, I do some angel investing. So if I see anyone that is working on transparent and fair supply chain, I'm a huge fan of that because it's the only way to be able to have a global economy. I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, so I think when people are like, well, what's your business model? How are you guys going to make money? It's it's like, well, that's actually a secondary thought. And and it's not that I I want the company to not make money, but I don't want the company to lose money, which is the old model of the internet. The internet is give everything for (laughs) upfront. Raise tons of money from the VCs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sustain for years with these hefty infrastructure bills. And we, we learned a very lar- valuable lesson on, on infrastructure. We were spending six figures a month on our, uh, on our infrastructure. And, and that was, Sensei? Mm-hmm. And that oh, was yeah. primarily because of 
text messaging costs when we were running our networks on text and, you know, being able to facilitate tens of millions of conversations. It's across networks. We're making all these connections. So now there's this better efficiency in the way that we can do our, our, our nodes and our network. Um, We're removing centralized services. So, you know, eventually uh, what I think is also cool is that uh, the, you know, the blockchain and these nodes are on bare metal servers sort of all over the world, right? And and they're not centralized to like one data center. It's not like everybody's building on AWS and mm-hmm. we're all relying on the same thing. So, so it's a, just a different model and it's kind of how can we create sustainability that then benefits every single person. And I think the unique thing about the blockchain that is different for business models. So if you think about just like fundamental underlying bare basic, how we can get to a DAO, like how do we get to a decentralized autonomous organization, right? Well, the way to do that is you align the incentives of the parties. So Mm -hmm. in the old model, the incentives are the shareholders put in the bulk of the money. So they want to extract the money. So the shareholders, you know, are looking for profit. You have the employees or, or the people who are building. And those are the people that, may or may not own shares, most likely not, but they, um, they're working for, for, you know, money coming in to the system. Like they, so they want to, their interest is in basically is in building a great product. Uh, but there's like a, you know, maybe they don't have the same interest if they don't have shares. And then there's the user and the user just wants the lowest price or the user just wants the best, you know, the most service, but they, the interests become misaligned though. And if you, if every user and every builder was also shareholders, so let's say that like, you know, you have to buy your iPhone with Apple stock. Mm-hmm. That means you have to hold, hold the stock. That means you have to actually put it back in the system. The incentives start to become aligned. Everybody has the right model of incentives. And it, it, that's sort of, sort of where I see the future business model going. We, we need to go back to that Japanese um, harmony model, which is ikigai, right? We need to go mm-hmm. back to that where everybody involved have this proper harmony of vested interests as opposed to one party always taking, taking other party. Like everyone thinking about their interests, we should be thinking about the common vested interest and achieving that, I would say, state of harmony. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Ikigai yeah. is really important. Um, you'll see a slide of mine that I've used for a while of Ikigai that, uh, that's been in my talk. And, and, you know, Ikigai has four things though. It's like for a person, for an individual, it's, it's about your life purpose and it's what you are really good at and what you, um, uh, can bring to the world, like what the world needs. Right. Uh, and then there's this bubble that says what gets you paid. And, and that's actually one that we kind of have to rethink a little bit. So it's like, um, how do we go for the things that we love and we're good at and the world needs first? Like that's it. Like the passion. Like, so there's actually four, four bubbles on EK guide today, like what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs. And that fourth bubble is what gets you paid. So I actually removed that one because if we, usually people kind of start there, they start with that. And that's the same thing with companies. Like, okay, you have this idea, but like, how do we make money? And, and so that's, that's been the interesting transition through the tech world is the the venture capital model up front made it so that you could remove what what gets you money but then they realized oh my god we have to pay back dollars <laughs> yeah <laughs> we can't keep raising more rounds so but in the decentralized world that changes because if the users put in a little bit 
mm-hmm. but they're getting value because you're putting in something and that's where tokens are amazing. Well, Crystal, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for talking about Sense and what you guys are doing. Yeah, happy to happy to join you from wherever I am in the world. And, <laughs> and thank you so much for inviting me to, to chat and have a, have a conversation.